This is a Yellow Wave production. Sometimes it's the ones that you do not ever expect. These dangerous, notorious serial killers, they all had perfectly normal jobs, and a lot of them were considered kind, contributing citizens in their communities. But then things took a turn. Or did they? I feel like a lot of these people were at their jobs for several reasons, and one of those had to have been to appear normal. Just my opinion. Which serial killers had normal day jobs? I'm about to tell you a list of these killers with normal, in quotes, jobs before they changed career paths and took up killing. Or while they kept their career nine to five and then the rest of the time was theirs. topic of serial killers, let's go ahead and actually define what makes a serial killer. Like how, as a killer, a murderer, how are you classified as a serial killer? It's, it might not be what you think. A lot of people think it's if you kill two or more people, like it depends on that, like numbers only, it's got to be more than one person. That's not necessarily true. Like if somebody were to kill somebody and then 10 years later kill somebody else and then whatever, and then even if they killed, well, see, that's where I feel like I would disagree. So even if they killed like 15 people over a long period of time, to me, that's a serial killer because that's such a high number, but it's mostly time-based. So a serial killer is officially defined as someone who murders three or more victims over a relatively short interval. Another common factor with serial killers is that it's hard for them to keep jobs for long periods of time, which makes sense because you have to be routine and you have to be like routine is the best way I can describe it, like predictable, which serial killers are not. So like Ted Bundy, he held a number of low end jobs because he just couldn't, he couldn't hang. I mean, when you have that urge, you have that urge. It's kind of like, I feel like with this, everything I'm describing right now, think of an alcoholic because you have the alcoholics who just cannot keep a job and they just can't get their shit together. And then you have what I'm about to tell you about is the serial killers, cue alcoholic stand-in who can appear to everyone else to be totally normal and have high functioning lives like CEOs, managers, owners of their own company. You can literally be at each end of the spectrum and be a serial killer, just like with alcohol. Alcoholism, I'm getting ahead of myself. Drugs, anything. You have 
from this end to the other end and then everything in between. Like, for example, John Wayne Gacy, he was highly respected within his entire community. And then we have Dennis Rader, who was the elected president of his church. That's wild, right? Another thing is a lot of people assume that most serial killers are based like they come from violent families or abusive upbringings. But while that's true, there are so many examples of serial killers who grew up in normal families with very average childhoods. So here's what I'm trying to say. It's incredibly difficult to pinpoint conclusive personality characteristics of serial killers since the motives for killing can vary anywhere from wanting to be a hero by saving victims they previously poisoned to sick and sadistic pleasure to torture to just something that we can't even understand or try to describe the why it that is on the other end of the spectrum so what we're about to do is after a quick break for some sponsorships we're going to talk about some serial killers who had surprisingly normal jobs even though some of those normal jobs are a bit creepy ice cream truck driver anyone oh that just makes me cringe i'll be back get ready Do me a favor real quick and go to your app store. Then download Traffic Cam. It's spelled T-R-A-F-F-I-C-K-C-A-M. And it'll look like a white square with the letter E and the letter I. And the letter I will have a blue dot over it. What this app does is it helps you combat sex trafficking simply by uploading pictures of the hotel rooms you stay in when you travel. Because let's be honest, you're taking the pictures anyways, probably to send to your friends and make them jealous or even just for yourself. Either way, take it a step further and add those photos to this app to help investigators search and find other images with this hotel room or a similar room just like it so that they can get more info and and narrow down these crazy elusive sex trafficker people. I mean... (laughs) They are people, believe it or not. What they do is just inhumane, though. Because a lot of times, traffickers will post photos of their victims post in these hotel rooms that you're staying at for online advertisements. These pictures can become evidence, and they can be used to find and prosecute the perpetrators of these crimes. So, in order to use these pictures, investigators need you to help them out by uploading pictures of where you're staying and make it known where you're staying. That way they can take this picture and say, this is the Hilton, blah, 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 wherever. Or this is, I don't even know, days in. I I don't know. I feel like they probably have everything you can imagine. Do it today. Because taking these photos that, like I said, you're probably already taking and adding them to this app it won't take much time and it could save so many lives and it could really really help investigators out do the right thing take the pictures and send them to this app oh who better to start with than the one and only jeffrey fucking Dahmer? he was born in west alice wisconsin in the year of 1960. He died in 1994 at the age of 34 years old. So two of his day jobs were number one, army combat medic, and number two, mixer at the Ambrosia Chocolate Factory. You should see my eyebrows, or as my son calls them, my eye pickles. That's actually for another time because I can't even get into that cuteness right now. But what? Th- those those are so different. But they kind of make sense, though. I mean, if you think about it, after being an army combat medic, I personally 
would definitely go towards something like Willy Wonka, (laughs) to be honest. So, getting right back on track. Between 1978 and 1991, Jeffrey Dahmer killed 17 men before he was sentenced to 15 consecutive life terms in 1992. Holy, oh my God. So, the 90s were very laissez-faire, as were the 80s and the 70s and the 60s. Basically, the further we get in time, the better we are about figuring shit out, which, standard... But I've, I feel like 15 consecutive life terms in 1992 is so advanced, which makes me wonder what went on in his trial that led that to be the outcome. Like for that, I don't even know. I got it. I just, that's insane. I'm very interested in that. Um, okay, well, this makes more sense. So Dahmer had an alcohol abuse problem that led to his army discharge. Can you blame him? Because I'm looking at his date of birth and his death, and that means he was in the Vietnam War? Yeah, for sure. Which, that war was the most fucked of all of them. So it stands to reason that anyone involved is struggling basically um maybe not on this level but you know what i mean so once he was kicked out of the army he moved in with his grandma in the hopes that he would figure his shit out clean up his act get on track but that didn't happen obviously And she later asked him to move out after discovering disturbing things in her home. Again, I'm curious as hell. What disturbing things did she find that caused her to kick out her grandson, who just came home from Vietnam War? Not judging at all. Not in the slightest. It might sound like I am. I am not. I am purely curious about what that could have been to be so bad to make all of those other things happen. I'm curious, but it it doesn't mean that I necessarily want to know. Okay, so then Dahmer was arrested in 1991, and then eventually he's like, okay, I'm just going to lay it all out there. And he admits to all 17 murders. Then he pleads guilty but insane to 16 counts of murder and was given 16 sentences of life imprisonment. Okay, so not ideal, but also warranted because of his actions. But I'm thinking like people who've done way less or people who have been executed in prison wrongfully. And here we have this guy where it's just like clear cut. It was you. He admitted to all of it. And, but not only admitting to it, like the science is there the drink, by the way, the evidence is there. It's all there. And he only gets 16, not only, because that's quite a bit. But damn, it's just, it makes, it's so weird. Like if you think about different cases and how some of them are so extreme and some are not, it's just so messed up. But don't you worry, because even though he could not have gotten out in this lifetime, it doesn't matter. He was killed by another prisoner in prison in 1994. I I don't want to know or be a fly in the wall, but like what caused that? I wonder. Mic check, mic check. Excuse me. Is there a John Wayne Gacy in the house? Come on up, John. You, that was so fucking lame. I'm so, I'm not sorry. I should be sorry, but I'm not. (laughs) it's been a night and that just gave me so much joy for the all the wrong reasons oh boy I feel like I just like slid down a level in society like we're all in tears and I just slid down at least one possibly two more likely three or four (laughs) okay John Wayne Gacy if you are from Illinois you for sure know about him and if you don't get a clue Otherwise, I guarantee you know about him. But 
if you cannot be from Illinois, I'm convinced, and not know about him. It's 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 like basic shit, like preschool, kindergarten. You cover your basics. It's like writing, reading, math. You have to know this stuff, especially in the true crime world. His day jobs consisted of, at one point, being a shoe store manager, very strange, Kentucky Fried Chicken manager, and a children's birthday party clown. Everybody knows that last one. What I want to go back to, I want to just touch on this, Kentucky Fried Chicken, KFC. What? Also, manager, manager, like, clearly he was a leader type with that type of personality. So he was born in Chicago, Illinois, as I've mentioned, in 1942. He died in 1994 in prison by execution at the age of 52. He was an American serial killer who was convicted of murdering over 30 teenage boys and young men in the 70s. He was sentenced to death and spent 14 years on death row but then was eventually executed on May 10th of 1994. So many more things happened. This is the shortest summary I've ever heard. We are just going to keep on rolling out the big league players here and just nonchalantly transition to Ted Bundy. Ted fucking Bundy. (laughs) Okay. Um, He had like a couple, silly me. He had a shit ton of day jobs. He bounced around consistently, constantly consistent. Does that make sense? I think so. In my head, it makes sense. So he was a grocery store bagger and stocker, a shoe clerk. What the fuck is with the shoes? Uh, Rewind to John Wayne Gacy, who was a shoe store manager. That is a little bit too, too much for me. So now, if, if you can't tell when I fade off like that, the second I'm done recording, I'm going into a deep dive onto shoe managers, shoe clerks, shoe fetishes. That, oh my God, the the killer with the shoe fetish, Edmund Kemper, right? Edmund Kemper? Was that him? Oh shit, I'm so tired. I'll come back to that and correct it, most likely. If I forget, you know who I'm talking about. It was on... um. What's that show? <laughs> oh boy. He was he was featured in so many things and his thing was the f- shoe fetishes. I know him. I got to find out. I will come back to that, I promise. By the way, again, promise is a loose term with me always. My intentions are 100% pure. However, I cannot I cannot be held accountable for not doing so okay so instead of getting myself in the deepest hole I've ever been in I'm just gonna slide over that pretend I never said a word he was also a busboy and a campaign volunteer he would actually go through um, campaigns and tape speeches and tape things that they would say on and off camera politicians and bring it back to his party that he was working with and they would pretty much use that in the future. Basically, just think of um, anything that would give you the most anxiety ever if you were a politician. Because like, if I were a politician, that would kill me. Actually, I couldn't be a politician. Politics in general, I feel like I'm already going to throw up. Cannot even talk about it anymore. I'm also 97% sure I'm going to have to re-record this entire section because what am I even saying? Oh my God. Well, okay. So I feel like they say this for everyone, but I do believe it stands true for him. He was truly one of the most prolific serial killers in America. He murdered more than 30 women in the 1970s before he was finally apprehended on February 15th, 1978. He was executed at the Florida State Prison on January 24th, 1989. Jaw drop. Today is January 24th, 2020. And earlier when I was at work, I keep, obviously we all know about Sharon Tate as well 
as John Wayne Gacy. If you don't, look that up. And what have you been doing for the past however many years? Like, get it together, yo. You can't come to the true crime club and not know your shit. But anyways, I decided to do another goog on her today. And her birthday, she was born on January 24th. I forget the year, but what? How crazy is that, that I'm recording tonight and doing the damn thing and we come across somebody who was executed on January 24th and somebody who was born on January 24th who was murdered by Charles Manson's followers. I mean, you guys, I'm going to take a quick break because I feel, I feel a little bit whew, like flushed. Give me a minute. I'll be back. This was not planned, by the way. I wish I could plan this shit. If I plan it, if something goes crazy like this and like matches up perfectly, synchronicity, you can know I didn't plan it because I can't act. Well, I can, but I can't fake shit like that. Not like that. Things I care, I can't do that. So if that's happening, then you know that shit is real. <laughs> This Wednesday, January 29th, is Free Thinkers Day. It's also the birthday of Thomas Paine, a prominent thinker whose work and publications, which, by the way, promoted a philosophy of enlightenment, heavily influenced the course of American and French revolutions. Embrace Free Thinkers Day by channeling yours truly, Brit, host of Earth to Brit, and challenge irrational authority question the status quo, and create obvious and commonsensical arguments against ingrained behavior. You are brilliant and can think for yourself. Wake up, beautiful. We need you. What do you say? Are you in? Join me in shaking some shit up. Use hashtag FreeThinkersDay to share your impact. Yo, I'm back. Uh, I'm not sorry about that. I just, I have been seeing the word synchronicity everywhere. The fact that I found, like, sought out somebody who was born on the 24th, somebody who passed away on the 24th, and today's the 24th, and then I also decided to read my wish from last year for this year. And one of those things in the list was, un, in quotes, unending synchronicities. So it's just like, okay, I forget, even though I am like the number one advocate for mind over matter, not even that, just like your mind is so goddamn powerful. And it's just like, even me, I got, I'm peeling my clothes off as I go. <laughs> Standard. Thank God this shit's not taped. Um, videotaped, that is. This better be recording because that's happened twice this time and I am about ready to punch a hole in the wall. Okay, good. We are good. Um, God damn, what was I even saying? Oh, shit. I am like the advocate for how powerful your mind is. So when I am taken by surprise and put in my, not put in my place, but like given the gift of that feeling of like, yeah, exactly. Like I'm right on time. I'm right this, right that. It's such a good feeling. And sometimes the further along you get on your path, those moments happen less and less. Not always, but it's been a while and I just, I really needed that. And I didn't even know that I needed it, which is ideal. Whew. So yeah, I had to take a break and walk away, but I'm back bitches. And I'm continuing with David Berkowitz, son of Sam, FYI. He was born in New York city, New York. Shout out to New York city, New York, New York, New York. I got a ton of listeners there and I cannot get enough of that fact. He is 65 at the time of this article, which looks like, I don't know the year. So he's 
he's older. He's getting up there. But he's still alive. As far as I know. Uh, so his day jobs were, at one point, he was an army veteran. Again, joined the club because a lot of these people were. And a United States Postal Service letter sorter. It sounds like a very boring job. And I also picture a shit ton of paper cuts. Anybody else? As soon as I read that, I'm like, I, I'm like holding my hands like this is going to hurt. Paper cuts everywhere. So he had actually two different names. Well, probably a couple, but the two most common were Son of Sam, like I said, and the .44 caliber killer. Um, he was a New York City serial killer who was arrested in 77, 1977, for a series of shooting attacks with a .44 caliber revolver, hence the .44 caliber killer nickname. So in just over a year, he killed six people. He wounded seven others, but the whole time this was going on, he was terrorizing New York City with acts of arson on top of the fact like am I going to be the next one shot it was complete mayhem not ideal next we have Dennis Nilsson who was born in Fraserburg United Kingdom as of right now and by that I mean this article he's 73 he was a British army cook whoa what again is that army Okay, so it's not just the U.S. He was a British Army cook, a London police officer as well. A lot of times people talked about him and nicknamed him the British Jeffrey Dahmer. And that's just giving you, like, not foreshadowing. That's pretty much laying it out for you without saying anything else. (laughs) He was a serial killer in London and he murdered 15 young men from 1978 all the way to 1983 before he was finally arrested and charged with six counts of murder and two counts of attempted murder. Which, fun fact, you're thinking six counts of murder, two counts of attempted, so that's eight, and then, but he actually killed 15? Welcome to the law. It's, there are so many stipulations to be able to pin this shit down and to make it happen and to actually have it official. I can't get into it because I'm not a lawyer. My husband is, though. And even if he weren't, even if I was single or if I was married to somebody who was something else, it's common knowledge when you get really into this crime stuff that it's not as easy as it looks. It's not as simple as it looks. And that's coming from both ends. Like, that's from a lawyer's perspective and from a law enforcement's perspective. Basically, you have everything going against you and you have to work against the grain and you have to go against the tide to make shit happen. And that's probably why a lot of stuff goes unnoticed or isn't finalized or like this situation where he killed 15 people, but he's only charged with six and then two counts of attempted. It's frustrating, but that's uh, the system as of right now. What can you do? Next at bat, we have Andrei Chikatilo, who was born in Sumy Oblast, Ukraine, probably saying that wrong, in the year of 1936. He died at the age of 58 in 1994. He was a literature teacher, a day laborer, and a regional sports manager. He was a Russian-Soviet serial killer whose count includes at least, bare minimum, 52 women and children these women and children he would sexually assault and mutilate. He committed these murders between 1978 and 1990 before he was finally arrested and eventually confessed to 56 murders. In 1992, he was tried for 53 of these killings. He was convicted, sentenced to death, and executed in 1994. Listen, the Russian Soviet does not fuck around. He was arrested in 92, No, I don't know. Probably, but he was tried, convicted, and sentenced to death in 1992. Two years later, he was dead. That is insane. Most inmates in the U.S. on death row, which, again, yeah, that is actually still a thing, unfortunately, are there for a long time, not two years. That's almost unheard of. Next, we have 
Harold Shipman, who was born in Nottingham, United Kingdom in 1946. He died in 2004 at the age of 58. He was found guilty of 15 murders using lethal injection and falsifying death certificates, but it's thought that he's probably responsible for up to 250 murders. That's crazy. Your doctor, like the one you're supposed to trust with your life, literally. Damn. He was sentenced to life in prison in 2000, but ended up hanging himself in his cell. He actually had even in, excuse me, let me try that again. He actually had appeared in a documentary as an expert on mental illness. Whoa. I need to know what documentary that is because I'm watching it immediately. Everybody, grab your drinks because this next one is completely terrifying. Drink, 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 drink because terrifying, 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 freaking terrifying. Okay, so we're going to talk about, hold on, I hate stuff on my screen. We are going to talk next about Dennis Rader who was born in Pittsburgh, Kansas. And on top of that, at the time of this article, he was 73. As we know, I don't know when this article was written. Doesn't matter. He was 73. What It is what it is. So what was his day job? Do you wonder? Well, nothing other than ADT Security Services Alarm Installer. <laughs> He didn't just work at the security services. He was the one who would come to your home and install your security service in huge fucking quotes because this is my worst nightmare. This is why when people come from Comcast or whatever to service our home, I'm constantly like not judging, like on edge wondering there's no way like you now you know the layout of the house I'm just so paranoid about it this is so this is why because it does happen oh my god so from 1970 to 1990 that's a long grind there that's a long grind for this one uh Dennis Rader by the way also known as the BTK killer which BTK means bind torture and kill he terrorized the Wichita Kansas area till finally he was arrested and his identity was revealed in 2005. I graduated in 2006. Like this one is way too close to home. Oh, so a lot of people had no idea. Obviously, as they're hiring ADT to protect themselves from Raider, who was clearly terrorizing, like I said, everyone. So you think about you live here. Picture this. You live there in the area and there's a, an active serial killer. You're freaking the fuck out. So yeah, of course you're going to hire security. Most people would, which most people did. Well, how would you like to know after the fact that the killer himself came to your home to install the security system that you got to protect yourself from him? This is what movies are made of. I say that a lot, but you guys, this is insane. <laughs> Just think about it. He's inside of your home. <sighs> it's so wild. So he seemed to be just your average Joe, married father of two. Obviously, that was not so. Currently, he is serving 10 life sentences in a Kansas prison. With these two, we have a little bit of a team action when we talk about Fred West and his wife, Rosemary, who it looks like both were born in Much Markle or Much Marcel, United Kingdom. I don't know how I'm pronouncing that. If it's correct or not, it is what it is. And you know what? I'm guessing this is about Fred. They both were committing these crimes, but it seems to me that Fred is the one that they focused on for whatever reason. I'd have to do a deep dive, which I'm not going to do yet. However, a lot of these people I'm talking about, you are going to hear about them specifically in detail later on in the season. That is inevitable. And this might be one of them because this is terrifying. Take a drink. 
So he and his wife were (laughs) ice cream truck drivers. Awesome. That's just great. And they were also serial killers in England who murdered at least 13 young women and girls. Fred, being the coward that he is, committed suicide in jail before he went to trial. Rosemary did not do that, ended up in trial in 1995 where she was convicted of 10 murders and is to this day serving a life sentence in a Durham prison. Interesting because Durham is one of the places that I am from according to 23andMe on my dad's side. Mostly Norway, mostly Norway, but on my dad's side where we're from is from Brittany, France, and then England and uh, Great Britain. And Durham is one of the places that was like the top 10. If you have 23andMe on the app, they'll tell you like where you're from and then give you the top regions that they found your ancestry. And Durham was on mine. So that's interesting. Side note, you guys don't probably don't care. And that's fine. You don't have to. But can you imagine when you hear the ice cream truck drive by and you you just want to go get some ice cream and then who knows, you might not come back home because you might be murdered by a couple. That's the other thing. So it's one thing for a man or one thing for a woman to do it. But to have a couple, a husband and wife, you aren't going to suspect anything. Even if you're like me, super paranoid, chances are your guard is down. You're like, oh, naturally, it's a human instinct of a man and a wife, like husband and wife. There's no way. You don't even see them as a threat. Those ones are the ones that are just like, kind of like the one we talked about a second ago, Dennis Rader, installing security in your home. It's just, it's against your human intuition, your human instinct. It, It it's the people that you trust, the people that you, once they're there, you like let go of whatever stress you have because you feel safe. Kind of like the one before Dennis Rader, the doctor. The last three have just been proving to us, if you're paying attention, these killers, these criminals show up in all shapes and sizes, including the ones that we have deemed safe as a society. That doesn't mean they are basically always be on edge without, I mean, I don't know, I don't want to send anyone into like total anxiety all the time. But at the same time, would you rather be anxious and aware? Aware. Let's do that. Let's go with aware. You don't have to be anxious, but you do need to be aware. You need to be aware of everything all the time, what's going on behind you, in front of you, around you. You need to be aware of the fact that you're not necessarily safe, even if you're in a situation that feels safe, like listen to your gut again, just because you could be in church and it could be a priest and a nun. That doesn't mean you're safe is basically what I'm saying. And these last three examples prove that tenfold. So yeah, just take that into consideration. I need to do another quick break for a sponsorship that is great, fun, awesome, good stuff. And then I will be back to wrap this up. Okay. Hang in there and be aware. Be aware all the time. It's worth it. It will pay off. I promise. want to make a difference in someone's life? There are millions of ways you can do that, but this one is extra special. It's something I've always wanted to do, and recently I did the damn thing. I wrote to a prisoner. A prisoner who is desperate for a friendship outside the walls of prison. Write a Prisoner is an amazing program that allows you to search prisoners who are requesting letters from all over the world. You can do a basic search like age, maximum sentence length, even horoscope sign. Or you can do an advanced search, raising my hand over here, that's my jam, and get real specific. I chose all, which on the site is any, meaning no stipulations, but I felt pulled the most to an inmate on death row. You can search for as long or as little as you like. 
I searched for five and a half hours because I knew I would know as soon as I saw the one. Female, male, it didn't matter to me. The crime didn't matter. My search paid off because, as I suspected, I knew right away when I found my pen pal. I have zero doubts that this experience will impact my pal, but it'll probably impact me the most. I'm not crying. You're crying. <sighs> Curious? Head over to www.writeaprisoner.com and find your friend or friends because there is no limits to how many pen pals you write to, but it is highly suggested that you do not write to multiple prisoners at a single location. Go. Do it. For more information, go to www.writeaprisoner, that's W-R-I-T-E-A-P-R-I-S-O-N-E-R dot com and change a life. going to wrap it up tonight with probably, in my opinion, it's hard to say. I don't want to say the most terrifying, take a drink, but this probably is the most terrifying, again, take a drink, because we are going to talk about and wrap the night up with Miyuki Ishikawa. As always, not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly, but that doesn't matter so much as what I'm about to tell you, the meat of the story, which is, oh boy, so his birthplace. Hmm. Here we go. Well, actually, this isn't too bad. Miyazaki Prefecture, Japan. No birth date, no deceased date. So he may or may not still be alive. Something you better believe I'll be checking out as soon as I get a chance. So what was his day job, you wonder? Oh, you know, he was just a midwife. That's right. He was a midwife. He delivered babies for a job all day, every day. He was a Japanese serial killer who murdered many infants in the 1940s and in the worst way possible by neglecting them. Okay. Also, I'm I just took a deep breath because I needed it after reading that neglecting to me. That's just like get it. If you're going to kill somebody, just get it over with because the neglecting is the worst fucking part. However, I'm also as I'm seeing the next sentence wondering if I said him because <laughs> correction, this was her solution. Her. This is a female. This was her solution to the dilemma of unwanted babies and then parents who could not afford to take care of the baby. So these are, she, in, in her mind, she's like, this is the best way to get rid of babies that aren't wanted. And then also babies that even if they're wanted, the parents cannot afford to take care of these babies. And I'm not going to kill them. I'm going to neglect them, which in a weird, twisted way tells me or at least I feel like maybe she didn't have it in her heart to harm them. But she also didn't want them to suffer later on. While at the same time, the neglecting is just the worst thing. But if she didn't have it in her to like bash them or however, whatever you got to do to kill a baby. I don't even know. I don't, I can't let my mind go there. So bear with me. But I feel like in... I'm not saying this is like okay, but I feel as if she, in her mind, was just trying to do the best thing for everyone, but also didn't have the guts to actually harm the baby. So she would just neglect them and let them die, which for the hundredth time, I feel like I've said this, that's the worst part. If I were a baby and helpless, just kill me do whatever you have to do, make it quick and do it. Do not let me suffer for a long period of time. Because to me, if you don't have the guts to do the damn thing, then don't do the damn thing. And I feel so weird for saying that because don't do it anyways. But hopefully you guys are understanding what I'm trying to say. Please tell me you are. Oh, okay. She, oh my God, are you kidding? I can't. 
I don't know if this is the first time I've said this, this episode. I know I've said it this season several times. I don't read this before, so I am going along with this as it's happening. And this one, right at the end, I thought I'd get through. Nope, this one got me. She was given, how long do you want to, how long do you think she was sent to prison for? Oh, no, probably not what you're guessing. She was given a four-year sentence. She went to prison for four years. I'm not up to date on my charges here in the U.S., but I'm pretty sure a simple carrying of drugs, I'm guessing more than one time, but things like that is longer than four years. She's estimated to have killed around, this is just an estimate of 100 infants. And she was given a four-year sentence. Now, as I'm saying that, I'm wondering, was she, was the government in Japan pretty much making her do this or pushing her to do this or like nudging, like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Maybe you should do this and we'll, uh, we'll treat it lightly if you're ever caught, which you shouldn't be like, because I do know that in the past, China and Japan God, don't quote me on this, but at one point in history, unless this is something I've read that's not true or watched in a movie that's not true, but where people were allowed to have one boy and one girl families for a long time. Again, as I'm saying, it it sounds like it's from a movie, but (laughs) so does the rest of the shit I just talked about tonight. So this is where I'm at. I basically don't know what's true, what's false, what's real, what's not, because this can't be. This cannot be. She was given a four-year sentence, even though she killed around 100 people that they know of. That's most fishy. The government has to be involved. It just has to be. I don't know. If anyone out there knows more about this situation, let me know. Don't worry. I'm going to deep dive into this on top of all the other things I've talked about as soon as I get a chance. But this one, I have to know immediately. I have to know stat right away. So let me know if you're, if at the top of your head, you're like, oh yes, I know this. I've got it. Tell me right away. Otherwise, stay tuned. You're eventually going to hear more about her for sure. Oh, oh, just listen to the last recording section. And I was curious if I said he or him or his. Oh, I sure as shit did. Said it a ton of times. And you know what? I'm keeping it because I want you guys to remember first and foremost, I don't read this. I don't practice this. I don't rehearse this beforehand because I want it to be raw and real and in the moment because when I'm reading something that shocks me, you need to hear that. I, that's what I want. I, because it's what happens to you when you read something that you're just like, what? It's more relatable. And it's just more fun, too. It's scary, sure. But that aside, uh, yeah, I just said him, his, her, like, a hundred million times, it feels like as I'm each time I say it, I'm cringing because it turns out to be a her. And I as I like to tell everyone, and I like to truly practice it. I'm the most non-judgmental person, but here I am, a human being, Brit. Hi, waving at you. I see you. Do you see me? I'm human too. And I just assumed that it was a male because even though science, take a drink, by the way, science, it's science and terrifying, by the way, for anybody who out there is just listening now, and any new listeners, Science and terrifying are the words. When you hear them, you take a drink. Uh, You don't have to. It's just for fun. So roll with it. Don't. Whatever. But it's basically (laughs) a reminder that I am human just like you and I do my very best. I really do. And I pride myself on not judging people or jumping to snap conclusions. And yeah, the science take a drink again, shows that most serial killers are men. So it's easy. You're just like, oh, I'm doing another one, another one. So you just go with it because it happens over and over. It's it's natural as humans to do that. However, 
this wasn't. This was a female. And it just goes to show that you don't always know what you're talking about. You're not always right. And it's not always what you think it's going to be. Am I losing my, am I going to wake up tomorrow and be like, it was all just a dream and then come up here and see that nothing's recorded? That wouldn't surprise me. I'm about to go over a list of serial killers with normal jobs before they changed, ch change, kidding me, changed career path into top shooting. No, they didn't. Why am I still wearing these fucking headphones? I nailed it too. That's always the case. You know what? Fuck it. Whatever. I'm just going to start over. And at the age, at the age, what? You know what? Fuck. It's a thing. It is a thing. It is a thing. You cannot bury your hand. hand. <laughs> okay. Earth to Brit can be found wherever you go to get your next podcast fix. My handle on Instagram and Facebook is Earth to Brit Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Earth to Brit Pod. Emails can be sent to earth to Brit.podcast at gmail.com. The podcast website is www.anchor.fm slash earth to Brit. Remember, Brit is spelled with two T's. B-R-I-T-T. -T. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. This out. This is a Yellow Wave production.